Welcome to episode four of the Motor City Gameworks podcast. I am your host, Ben Pinchback, and with me tonight are my good friends, business partners, and hopefully Origins Bound gamers, Matt Riddle and Adam Hill. Guys, it's still full four months away. It is. And I still can't wait for Origins. What's up? <laughs> you know, it was funny because a friend of the show and friend of ours, Chris Kirkman, his birthday is always as we're getting to Origins. For the last, I'm going to say four or five years, Origins has been pretty consistent like that second week of June. There was a one weird year where it was like May 30th and everyone lost their minds. So since then, it's been pretty darn consistent. And he was tweeting about his birthday. I'm like, it'd be sad. I'm like, we should be at Origins right now. And we weren't. I know the feeling. I've got this thing where every time I have like a strong, good cup of coffee and it's like hot and sweaty out, that like caffeine, sweat kind of mixture makes me feel like I should be roaming a vendor hall. It's like, mm-hmm. you know how your mind does that with like sounds and smells yep. and stuff? It like Absolutely. A memory just comes into your mind. Well, for me, uh, that hot coffee on a, on a humid day is vendor hall to me. And it <laughs> makes me so sad. And it's been happening a ton in June. And I'm just like, oh, we should be in vendor halls. And it's been like two Absolutely. years. I, I'm excited. Four months away. I'm, I'm still very excited about Origins. Um, I did go ahead and send uh, Chris Kirkman a little birthday gift there. I'll just leave it at that nice. Uh, nice. to commemorate things. But uh, it, yeah. Nids. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Good, me too. I am. I mean, it's been, oh, I, you know, it's funny. I haven't been at Gen Con in, it'll be three or four years by the time I go. Because yeah, I, we skipped the one before the pandemic. Right, the one for before the pandemic, yeah, we were family vacation or something. And then uh, it's, so it's been a while, you know, since before pandemic plus a con. I so. can't wait. It's going to be awesome. So, guys, we actually had a pretty big month here for Three Sisters, Motor City, City Gameworks first. Uh, game coming out kickstarted if you're new to the podcast we kickstarted in march it did very well you know 3400 ish copies with maybe another five or six hundred on you know the pledge manager so we're looking at at least four thousand um the files came in we got the mm-hmm. white copies matt tell us about where we're at yeah so the white copies came in which is pretty awesome and that's literally the unprinted stuff so what they do is they send you a it's literally they call it a white copy or blind copy because it's exactly that it's all of the things that you're going to need. In our case, score sheets, score pad, game board, game board, and tractor a box, meeples, expansion and meeples, board, expansion board, and a box and an insert, all just sent to you, and it's white. And it's just to make sure before they actually put any card on anything that it's all there and it's all correct. What was interesting for us, frankly, is that we had never really gotten like we've done some stuff in the past where you know we've done some file checks for publishers of our own games but this is the first time we'd ever really got to see that that kind of physical thing it was really cool and frankly it helps realize that the meeples while awesome were a little skinny were a little thin i guess you could say because you know when you're designing them on the on the computer it all looks great and then you get them you're like oh well, I that think that's gonna tip over yeah like the you know it's not gonna stand up well enough or the tractor meeple's gonna get a little a little you know a little top heavy or whatever so would give us a chance to touch those up and go back to the factory and expand those and make sure everything works right. The insert we hadn't really seen the insert. The insert was actually factory designed and they did a great job. So it was just cool to get it and touch it and kind of approve that because that's like the the first big step before they actually start the big machines rolling. And the second big step is the color proofs, which were <clears throat> excuse me, kind of in progress on now. And those are basically they pre-print everything they were going to print on that white copy that you got on huge rolls of photo paper and just look at everything over make sure the colors look nice make sure there's no weird bleed make sure you know you're supposed to, at this point you've already done your accuracy checks right you've, do, you've done the digital file checks you know everything's 
from a words perspective is right. This is making sure that you can read it and it looks awesome. The colors are so bright and everything's like it it's visual visually you know pleasing and it's easy to read and the colors are all bright and pretty. It, it, it's awesome. Kind of makes me think I want like a couple huge posters of those score sheets to no hang in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to hang in the office or something. Just two hundred check boxes. Yeah. Which you could totally do with that. I mean, because it's just awesome, shiny photo paper. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's super interesting. So, you know, we've got a we we frankly, I mean, this is kind of we'll announce this on Kickstarter next week, I'm sure, but we approve those as well, honestly. So yeah, they even send you the rule book on the paper that you're going to be getting it on. Like they right. send you a Actually, white copy. That was of a the nice catch. Like that was yeah. a that was a legit like catch on your part. Yeah, yeah. The rule book came in and it was the same paper as the pads, which. It doesn't fine, but... hurt anything, but it's not the glossy paper that you're used to for a rule book. So I said, hey, why is the rule book like paper? He's like, because it's paper. <laughs> I said... Because you asked for paper. Because he's like, this is what you asked for. I'm like, but I don't know what I asked for. That's he's why like, we send you a white right, sample. Which is why we have this process. <laughs> yeah. So we upgraded, so to speak. It doesn't really cost that much more, frankly, to the standard rule book glossy paper. And that was cool. So yeah, I mean, all that stuff is learning for us, right? To find out where in these different steps of the process that we get to have our input and you know the fact that they're working with has been fantastic so we are actually at the point now where in theory you know several thousand miles well tens of thousands of miles, however long i don't know my good geography yeah very far away from here <laughs> i mean i know where china is but i don't know if it's like how how big's the earth is it tens of thousands you're of miles you're asking the wrong group of guys yeah, i don't even know not adam might know he's a history major they learn I useless love, stuff like I that i love when you say i'm not good at geography because it's usually right after a sentence like that like yeah. china could be i don't know a thousand ten thousand i don't i don't know listen like know that for- kind of moment like you're like uh, i think gettysburg is in texas i don't know <laughs> i'm not good at geography like I'm, that's i love that i'm saying there's a sign in the q peninsula where ben and i went to college where i think it's like 3,000 miles to Miami is the joke because you're at the top of the upper peninsula of Michigan and you can, you're can you on 75 or sort of on 70. You're not on 75, but you're on freeways that can take you to I-75 and it's like 3,000 miles to yeah, Florida. Yeah, sounds about right. So that's my only sense of scale is that from upper peninsula of Michigan to Miami, it's 3,000 miles. So China might be 10 times that. Sounds like a board game. It is 7,000 miles. It's 6,984. That's not bad. That is so much less than I expected. Yeah. That is probably more. That's know. from Oakland Charter Township. Sure, sure. So to China. <laughs> this is reminding me of a friggin' awesome game by Friedman Freeze called Fauna. Fauna was great. Do you remember that one? 100%. It's basically that exact conversation we just had, but it's like based on animals and right. random animal facts. Like how long is their tail? Yep. How big yep. are they? Where do they live? And you have to like kind of... It's got a nice world map, and you have to kind of like gamble on it's these true. different factors, and you have no idea. It's like, how long is a sloth's tail? Well, I don't know. Is it six inches or eighteen inches? Right. You, where does the sloth live? And you have to gamble on all these different random facts. It's on animals. literally like gamble on how stupid Matt is, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, how stupid is Matt? Pretty stupid when it comes to this kind of stuff. So whatever I do, do something different. It was a great game. It is a great game. The point is, around seven thousand miles from here, right now. Uh, there are actual Three Sisters copies being somewhat printed, I think. So we we don't have a full schedule yet. We're going to announce that on Kickstarter when we get closer. But we're, I kind of had a moment pretty good. with those maples when they came in. Because they were on the computer screen, like you said. They were a little thin, then we thickened mm-hmm. them up. I have no idea and how You they need to understand uh, that, that Ben made the meeples. I did. It's true. Like, every shape that's them. there, he yeah. designed yep. them. Yep. Like This wasn't just a stock tractor. Yeah, this is the pinchback special. Mm-hmm. I was pretty proud of it. I'm not gonna lie. It's great, and we made the right call in 
axed the lightning bolt from the cloud, especially that, having that, it on our fingers. We're like, do you know dude, how that many? would have come in broken? Like, we would have probably lost all our profits sending replacement clouds out <laughs> if like, we would have cut the lightning bolt. I don't know where this is, but I'm pretty sure I've already broken it off. Yeah, exactly. So I had a moment holding the meeples. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are amazing. And just the little, even the silliest things, like the little foldy expansion board. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is really nice. This is really cool. It was. No, the whole thing, I mean, it's, you know, we, I, as much as I was joking about not knowing what I was asking for, I did a ton of work to ask for the right things. That said, when you get into like the 4G-C-whatever paper, you know, I, I can only Google so much until you actually see it and touch it is what it comes down to. Right. Do you think, friend of the show, Jonathan Liu, that's where he got the idea for Emperor's New Clothes, that game like eight or nine years ago? That's a great Like he question. got a white sample one time. He's like, that's a game. I'm going to ask him now because yeah. that's a really good point. For those of you who don't remember, it's probably eight years ago. Yeah, not long after the original It fleet. was kind of a joke, but also like a social exercise. He mm-hmm. sold a game to a publisher, kickstarted it, shipped it, delivered it, called The Emperor's New Clothes, and the joke was it was blank components. It was like blank dice, blank cards. I don't know if it had a board, but you had to like role play the game. and Basically. Like, People with were, white components. They had fun with it. And they, me and Matt are not the target audience. So no. it was really funny. We were playing with Jonathan at a con. And he was, come on, guys. And we were just like, whatever, being ourselves about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's a game type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> we were not super nice to Jonathan, but, who couldn't be a nicer guy. He's awesome. we, were, we weren't mean to him, but we just, it was hard. We're, I, can't, we're not, I can't do that. We're not like the, actually, I would love to role play a game, but we're not, I don't know. We're not good in the spirit of fun yeah. guys. We're, we're, I don't know. Every I mean, time I start a rule book. And I try to read that one paragraph of theme. Mm-hmm. These two just yell, theme, 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 whatever. Okay, go on. What do we do? It's like true. They don't want to hear at all it's true. that they're a jeweler in the mid-13th century or that they have inherited the palace in some land and have to like help the crops grow or whatever the themes are. The, like, the, every time I get shut down, just trying to give you a little theme. Adam will be like, okay, and you have to take rubies and put them here. I'm like, can we just call it red? You're confusing me. Is it no. mean red? Do we move red here and blue goes there? Theme gets in the way of my understanding. It always has and it always will. When you call things by their actual theme names, I just it's harder for me to process. just is. I like it. I like theme. I know. I'm not saying we're wrong and you're right because we're both we're all wrong and we're all right because that's the kind of you know, that is what it is. So all that Either to way. say, games are going to be ready, and then we get to play the shipping roulette game where yeah, you wait yeah. for your container to find its way on a ship, and they're apparently all still backlogged off the coast of California. They are. Trying to offload so they can go back to China and get everybody's stuff. Yeah, we're going to get to, you know, I mean, again, I, we haven't really said this a ton on Kickstarter, so I don't want to be too whatever, but, you know, full disclosure, right? We're, we're on track because, you know, we talked about in this past, on the past, past podcast, but we did a good job of getting everything lined up, and everything's pretty much where we expect it to be. So when we finish production, which is about where we expected, you know, frankly, end of July, early August, hopefully, we'll know more next week. At that point, uh, when we designed the Kickstarter page, and we said, okay, so at that point, it's four to six weeks shipping, and then a week to prepare fulfillment, and fulfillment begins. So we can fulfill, we'll begin fulfilling in September of 21. That's all still true. (laughs) But what we also know is that the likelihood of it actually walking out of the factory and going onto a container, getting on a ship, is not where it was a year and a half ago or a year ago now almost when we were putting together all that data. So everybody's been talking about it. It's all over Twitter, Kickstarter, Google, You know, not right. just board games, right? Everybody in the world's it's talking everything. about 
everything because that's it's it literally is everything. So we won't know until September, probably or August, really. If our you know we got if we have a if we're sitting in a container and that container's not on a ship, or worse, we're at the dock, not in a container, let alone on a ship, right? So we're not. That's 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 our big unknown, honestly. So when we get to the point where the the games are produced, I would say. You know, just just uh, look. We're we've said from the beginning we're just going to be honest. I mean, our Asian backers are going to get their games probably in September of twenty one. They're going to be the only ones that get the game probably when it was. I, I don't know that we might get. Might how work can out. we? How can we get the pallets of our games into the same shipping container as some essential good? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah. something that we like toilet paper sure. or something like that. We're not going to miss out on that. Right. That shipping container has to come with us. I really uh, don't think they prioritize board games. If I was to venture a guess, obviously. Uh, even so ones this great. Even something amazing like Three Sisters. You. Yeah. So we'll see. I say I like to say, uh, you know, we don't know that we're going to be late, but it sure seems like based on everything everyone's talking about when we're going to we're going to get to. Production but I, th- I think time. people are going to be pretty cool about it. They are. We we in good faith held up everything we had control over. Yep. We we had the files ready. We were ready to go when we launched the Kickstarter. We had a bunch of stretch goals and improvements and all that. We were very quick to implement all that. Mm-hmm. We got the files ready too. So we did everything to hit our milestones. And then you know, global shipping is a thing right now. I think right. people are going to be cool about it. I do too. I I, I know there was some kerfuffle that I didn't understand because I didn't know the source about terraforming Mars or something with shipping and stuff. So whatever happened there, we won't replicate. I promise. Even though I don't know what happened, <laughs> even though I don't know what it is, I don't know what happened. We'll whatever, whatever that. happened, we won't do it. I promise. <laughs> Some in the China that's 20,000 miles. Away. Right. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> was happening gonna, there. We're not going to make not that gonna do that. Yeah. Not going to do that anymore. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll do the best. Last we month, we teased some partnerships, and we signed the contract, mm-hmm. and we are locked in for our English language partner. So mm-hmm. you want to tell tell our listeners about that? Yeah, so still won't say who yet. We're what? close. Come on. Can't can't do it yet. So You're killing they, me. They want to, you know, we need to coordinate an announcement with them. Oh, yeah, they want to make the big they, announcement. There's an announcement. So the point is we are Come locked on. in with an English Kill partner. Me. So there will be a retail release after fulfillment. Actually, we were talking him. He and I, or he is in the person running the company, or their program manager, and I were talking, and we'll probably be looking at a quarter one, twenty two retail release. Boss Adventure, I guess, nice. based on you know this is an established company, so they've got a lot of throughput already. So they're pretty yep. good at estimating how things are moving. So they're pretty good at working with distribution. They hit right. the major North American cons. So yes, and they, everything they actually goes have how it is how planned. It should then it should be you quarter should see one. it out in retail and at conventions yep. and so the of course backers will have it early and they got the kickstarter exclusives but the retail version will get out there and that yep. makes me super happy it does and this they, they've it. got the english worldwide right so you'll have a shot to get it in english other places as well but we're probably looking yeah quarter one 22 and then you know we've got some interest against the foreign you know the the foreign localizations are they just take for they just take time right these these companies they take a while to get back to you frankly and they and work a lot of projects at once a, they have a lot of other things another going another one on and, their checklist of projects that they might do a thousand or three thousand of right. and so my expectation is we're going to be in other languages localized uh eventually yeah but that'll be that'll that'll be a tale after you know we're, we're kind of past kickstart and retail frankly. i'll be honest whatever we got to do to get printed in german I don't care if I'm paying them to print the copies. Like I want Germans <laughs> so bad on this game. Yeah, we've got we've got a few irons in the fires, as yeah. they say. So I think something will something will hit. Uh, I do. I mean, we're actually again just talking here. We're pretty close to having some pretty big Asian market localizations. You know, we've got yeah. a company that you know a company that was it's very well known came to us and said, 
here's what we, here's what we'd like to do with three sisters right and uh, you know just to brag frankly they had said listen we were just you know i was playing the gentleman that i spoke to said i was playing fleet dice with a couple of friends of mine and they said hey you know fleet dice is great but have you seen three sisters and he's like i have not so he followed the kickstarter and when the kickstarter was successful he reached out you know a little bit after and kind of said hey we were following the Kickstarter. It looks great. Fans of Fleet Dice, you know, we'd like to take a look at this one. So that is like the awesomest feeling for me. Like, mm-hmm. not to brag, like you said, or be whatever, but the fact that pretty major publishers in the industry, more than one, have been like, yeah, so we love Fleet Dice. And mm-hmm. then we saw this and it looks similar. And, you know, we're interested. Right. Just that kind of means the world to me. Like, we're never going to be super famous and, you know, be Vlada or something like that. But no. just the fact that. Some pretty major people are aware of all the work we've been doing over the last decade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're getting that, you know, reputation of being good designers and, and frankly, good to work with. Mm-hmm. And, and the interest is there. It makes me feel really cool. It does. And, and honestly, the, you know, at the end of the day, these companies are just people. Yeah. And these people play games. So for every, you know, even though, you know, we, can, we think of them as these big brands and these giant companies, but they're just people. And people play games with their friends. So, and they don't just play the games they print because that would be boring. So, they play other games. And, you know, to Ben's point, right, we've had a lot of feedback that, you know, folks in the industry have played Fleet Dice and enjoyed it and kind of seen what makes it. You, you know, I was telling the story, I think, to Ben and Adam that I was listening to uh, Board Game Barbecue, I think it's called. It's an Australian podcast. It's a good podcast. And the designer of Hadrian's Wall was on there and he was a fan of Fleet Dice. So and that cool. was part of his sort of inspiration was. That he liked Fleet Dice and he wanted to do this kind of, and by all accounts, Agent Walls even more. <laughs> it's officially, from what I can tell online, now the crunchiest. Yes, it's surpassed he, yeah. what we've done as the he, biggest He crunchiest. went seven-minute abs on us on yep. that one. Yep. And I think it's awesome. Me too. I take great pride in the fact that, you know how like TC always jokes that he invented the bag mm-hmm. builder? Mm-hmm. Well, I you know, jokingly say that we invented the the crunchy roll and write. Right. The, the Euro game roll and the real game roll and write. Yeah. I take great pride in, you know, jokingly saying we invented that. So if people are inspired by what we've been doing to make awesome games in that, in that you know, space, I think it's great. Me too. Because I'm never somebody that thinks we're competing with those people. I think it only helps the industry to have more great games, Absolutely. more people playing games. Because if somebody plays Hadrian's Wall and loves it, somebody's going to tell them, oh, if you like that game, you should play Fleet Dice. Mm-hmm. You should play Three Sisters. And people are going to buy all of them. It's right. not an either or usually. It only helps us all to have more we're great just, games. We're just normal guys, normal people just like you. We put our pants on <laughs> one leg at a time, and then we make gold records. <laughs> Bam. I was waiting for it. <laughs> It's oh, so great, legit, hey. and you know, but to that point, really quick, that this, I feel this way about all everything, right? Whenever you see, you know, folks, you know, trying to support different voices, and you know, somehow there's this attitude that that's taking away from other. It, it's not. It's, it's not. It's rising tides yep. raise all ships, and sure, not everybody's game is going to get published. I get that, but we're all giving each other opportunities to be successful and someone else's success is not taking away from my success in any way. Yeah, I think not, not to point fingers at anybody, but I think a lot of times the negative opinions are an excuse Mm -hmm. like, Oh, that's the reason my game didn't hit or whatever. And we even do that to ourselves on a lot of of levels. But you know, the reality is if you have a great game, Mm -hmm. it's going to find the audience mostly with few exceptions. If you have something great, people are going to find it. Agreed. So speaking of clothing, Adam, we kind of had a cool month. We launched absolutely a little swag site for Motor City right. GameWorks. Tell me about that. Well, uh, we use a partner 
that you can go to our website. Which and, is? Uh, well, you can see MotorCityGameWorks.com. Uh, and if you go there, you can go to our store. And when you click on that, it'll take you to a place where you can get Motor City GameWorks merch. Um, and I believe that we've bought most of it <laughs> at this point. Uh, no, it's actually going really well. A lot of people, a lot more people than I thought Me too. Are, Me too. are buying these uh, Motor City GameWorks shirts. Now, I'll tell you that the hands down best seller is the actual seal yeah. on yeah. the t-shirt. The Motor City GameWorks seal, the full color seal. Full color with the car. Yeah. It's sweet. Because it's and a great logo. It is. And it looks fantastic on those shirts. And so excited about that. But there's other designs. Mm-hmm. And and I here's what I'm hearing a lot of. It's the softest shirt I've ever worn. That would be the tri-blend. The tri-blend. The tri-blend. And if, if you, you want to get trapped down a rabbit hole on the internet mm-hmm. that's not bad for you, um, is start looking up what's the most comfortable kind of shirt. <laughs> And you'll find out that tri-blend is always the thing they say to go for. That if you can get to tri-blend, that's the way. Because they're the lightweight ones. They're, they just feel good. Yep. So we have a lot of those tri-blend shirts. We've got, but now there's also some in the other sizes. Like if you're, in a, if you're a larger mammal, like myself, um, <laughs> you, you don't get to wear the tri-blend shirt just yet. You get to wear the full cotton shirt, 100% cotton shirt. And I'll tell you what, I own two of them. Super comfortable, super, and I like it. I love it. So we've got some really cool colors, some really cool designs. There's other stuff there. There's bags. There's laptop uh, stickers, laptop stickers, magnets, travel cups. I got, um, I got the coffee mug. Yeah, it, I love using it. It's it looks great and it makes it me is, happy. It, it's fantastic. So we, there's a lot of cool stuff there. Uh, we've got our we've now got the official clothing line, uh, and like I said, just go to MotorCityGameWorks.com and then you click on store. And it'll take you right to it. Yeah. By all accounts, the t-shirt sizes are running really true. Like I'm a right. tailor-made extra large and it fits me great. The hoodies are running small. I will say that. Right. If you're listening, I'd go a mm-hmm. size up on your hoodie if at you least. had to do that. At we least could, one. We actually legitimately, I don't know, talking about this earlier. We could look at flipping. There's like three hoodie materials. Maybe the one we chose just because I, yeah, I will say, I'm, you know. The hoodies are running a little small. Right. We, you know. Now they do a good job on returns. They do. They're super friendly. Wonderful. I was just going to say, the, the, you know, Ben and I and Adam are kind of like, you know, big, bigger, biggest. Like <laughs> we're not small, medium, large. That would be probably representing it. So, you know, we've all experimented with, you know, the X large, double XR, et cetera. And the 3X hoodie does not fit me. And I'm a, even though I'm a bigger dude, I'm a pretty solid double X in t-shirts. So just just know that you're probably a size or even two sizes off on the hoodies right now we're finding. So, eh, you know. Yeah. And, and what we don't know is whether or not that's a fabric thing. Like it's it's because it's right. we have the French Terry uh, pullovers, the hoodies. It um, could be that they're supposed to be fitted too. Right. Like it's a cut type of thing. They're supposed to be a little tighter versus Which like a bulky hoodie. No one my size has ever needed no, anything nobody, fitted. I don't know anybody that's wearing a hoodie besides maybe my wife that actually wants it fitted. Yep. We all want so. to hide underneath <laughs> the hoodies. <laughs> hey, the laptop stickers are great though. We got a bunch of those for the kids and everything and come in three sizes. I did get one. I haven't put it anywhere yet because I don't really sticker things. Like... Like I have a laptop, like a, a legitimate like gamery yeah. laptop that hasn't. I don't. I've never stickered it, and I don't do coffee, so I don't have mugs. So I gotta find a place for it. Maybe I'll slap it to the back of my car or something. But so, also news this month, man. We had a pretty big month. We Matt. did. So it was busy. Uh, the two of us had a game launch. We did. We had Subastral mm-hmm. launch officially. It was out for pre-orders and some stuff before, but it officially launched Subastral, the card game from Renegade Games. It's the 
um, kind of spiritual, not even spiritual successor. It's the successor mm-hmm. to Stellar, our two-player card game uh, with Renegade that came yep. out last year. Yep. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, Subastral actually had a pretty winding path to, not to production, well, kind of to production. So many unpubs ago, I'm going to say unpub eight. I'm yeah, I think that's it. So we had a game called River Valley Glassworks, which Great theme. was literally you're collecting uh, depression glass, which is this brightly colored bowls and cups and chalices and all this you if you're listening and you're from the midwest particularly or the south your grandma had it in a curio cabinet in a curio she had at least one cup and saucer or bowl or something in a curio cabinet 100%. it was the only game that ever had ultramarine candy dish it is the True. only game in the history of games with ultramarine candy dish and I, and I promise you your aunt your uncle your grandma they had a piece so Ben and I at work were messaging back and forth on our little work app because we had designed the game at lunch, well, geez, four years ago now probably. And we're like, well, what are you collecting? And, and I, listen, like I said, we're all about honesty here. I had gone on this crazy awesome trip where this uh, little university, or excuse me, this, little, this private school in Princeton, New Jersey, flew me out to... Is it t- called Princeton? It's called... It, it, it was It's like Princeton Elementary, I swear to God. Solid. Yep. And it was by, like, I walked to Princeton. It was awesome. Princeton, by the way, gorgeous. It's like, it looks like you're going to Hogwarts. But um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, that 50 miles in the middle of New Jersey yeah. is why they call it the Garden State. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's... All a, the rest of it, not gardening. Dude, Jersey I flew, Shore. I flew into, no, no, I flew into Newark. Heads up. <laughs> Newark is not the Garden State. No, it's, uh, it's where only it's, the strong survive. It's South New York. Um... The point is, I got to fly out to this this uh, this, this Hogwarts. Uh, Hogwarts basically and and teach a game design class for two days in this like game design camp. This and it's friends of ours who we met through games and uh, it was awesome. But all that to say, I got to play Above and Below by Ryan Lockett, and it was not for me. It, it's, I don't like. It's not a kind of game I'd, I'd ever enjoyed in a million years. But I appreciated the design and I got to play with a couple of kids. It was fun. So he had this thing where you're storing like apples and oranges and potatoes and stuff and it was just kind of neat and it was literally like the tertiary part of the game we're talking like third or fourth tier mechanic behind all this other stuff you're doing i'm like and that's what i remembered like that's kind of cool so i came home to ben you know i came home and then next day at work when i'm talking to ben at work like we always are and i'm like dude there's a card game there like and we do card games we're good at that so i think y'all are the best Thank you. Thanks, now, buddy. now I, I say this, and I know it sounds like this is just me and my friends who also own a publishing company. Like, no, this is for real. I don't think there are any designers of card games doing more consistently great work in that venue. Card games, y'all, in my opinion, the best in the business. Dang, man. Thank thanks. you. We should hang out. <laughs> we should. <laughs> we should. So I took that skills that Ben and I apparently have, and I said, we're going to do this, and this is how it works. And basically, the thing I took from Ryan was this organization, idea that you're organizing your cards in a certain order, and that the organization kind of helps the scoring a little bit. We're just going to get a card game out of it, and we did, and it was River Valley Glassworks. And we sat there, the whole point of that story was to tell this story. We're at work going, what do people collect? We're like, baseball cards. You know, uh, dolls. We went through a list of like sixty things. We were that people like collect. literally googling, you know, Wikipedia, like what do people, and just pouncing back. None of them made any sense. I mean, they all made sense, but none of them were fun. And we came up to Ben's, like, dude, depression glass. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. He's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> Google it. So I Google depression glass. I'm like, okay, I do know what that is, and it was awesome. So we take it to Umpub, and it kills Slade. I mean, it just 
it's one of those oh, games man. where I think you play it the first time and you kind of go, okay. But then you play it again and you start to see, you know, that, okay, so this matters and this decision. Because you can play the whole game kind of on autopilot and not really engage. And it's going to work itself out and you're going to lose. But you're going to feel like you didn't do a lot. And then if you really turn your sort of attention to it and go, wait a minute, that decision matters and that decision matters and that decision matters and that decision matters. And you're going to see how all that builds. Yeah. So Subastral just in 30 seconds has this mechanism that uh, there's eight different, eight different suits, eight, right? Eight suits. And when you collect the suits, you have to start them on the left side of your tableau and put like set, you know, your uh, ultramarine butter dish mm-hmm. would go in your first slot. And anytime you get an ultramarine butter dish, now it's got to go in that column. But yep. if you happen to get ruby red pitcher and then, you know, another type of glass, you can slot them in where you want. The trick being is just if you get more of that type of thing, it has to go in its column. Right. So you're trying to get um, the eight different things, but it's got the scoring mechanism where your biggest columns are going to score. So you get more points, though, the further out to the right they are. Right. So you want to kind of build out to the right, and then you want to get a bunch of the thing that's way out to the right, your sixth, seventh, Mm -hmm. eighth in the set. And actually getting that done and keeping that as one of your biggest columns is really hard to do, and it really makes the game work, and it's super fun to do. And you're balancing that with mixed sets. You can have continuous mixed sets. You can have more than one row going and get points points for your rows. And I think we told part of these stories before, so sorry. but But in the last week, I have taught this game to like 12 different people. Yeah. Thanks, at least man. and all of them love every game ends with let's play again uh because it's super quick it's super smooth and as soon as it ends you're like i know how to do better i think i can do better and and mm-hmm. you start playing again and it's awesome but uh and as a matter of fact one of the things that i do i'm the reverend doctor if you remember i i meet with a group of young adults and we have a bible study and hang out every tuesday night and one of the things we do afterwards is we play games of course right um and so I brought Subastral this last week, and we had a group of five playing it, and they just wanted to keep playing it. <laughs> and cool. they're like, bring it back next week. Bring mm-hmm. it back next week. And all of them are like, we're doing it again next week. We're doing it the week after that. We're going to have a tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, they already fell in love with it because it's so easy to pick up. Uh, for those of you who love the Disappointingly Mathy series of games, this one's not Disappointingly Mathy. It's just Mathy enough. Yes. Uh, it's perfect. Uh, and it's mathiness. It's not, you won't be like overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's very easy to pick up. I think for once we don't make you do simple sums. No, you really don't. You just play a number and you got to go this way it's or that just way. just directional off we, a number. We don't actually make the you The math add is all in together. the scoring. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I would say the only thing where, you know, if we face any negative feedback on this one, it's going to be that if you go in for Pete Monster Stellar and that's where you just love this is not Pete Mouth and Stellar. This is lighter. It's it's thinky still, and it's got good decisions, but it's done in a lighter space. Right. So, you know, if you if you're thinking you're gonna be the knife fight that Stellar and Pete Mots are, you know, with all that crunchy math, it's not. But it's, it's got be... those choices and those moments you can look back on and say, yep. "Oh, I can definitely do better. I get it. Hundred percent. Clicks. It's so. got another one of the things in the rule book that I love, and I want to thank. Dustin for this mm-hmm. Dustin Dustin uh, with, the best. with he, he's the Dustin best I Schwartz. love that he explains if you play your last card mm-hmm. your next turn all you get to do is draw a card and then there's a sentence try to avoid doing this <laughs> <laughs> which is as as clear as you can get without saying this is how you lose right if you do this move you're probably losing right right but I love that he included Try to avoid doing this. <laughs> That's so great. It, I think we had language in there that was 
probably a little more crass. <laughs> Not like swearing, but like kind of like don't be a, don't be an idiot kind of stuff. And you know, to his credit, he, he's a pro, and he had to tone it down because we really want to encourage you. You can do this, but you shouldn't. Right. And, you know, you don't. You never want to tell somebody how to play the game. You want to give them the rules. But you don't. Want, but this is like this isn't just. The, you can do this legally, but it's a and there terrible might idea. Be an a edge time, case. an edge case where it's sure. worth running your right. hand out of cards to go get that huge pile that you need. Or whatever. Right, but, but no. Okay, I have a question. general try not to do. I this. have a legitimate design question. Yeah. In the scoring, mm-hmm. when you're scoring mixed sets, you start in column one and see how many columns you have filled with cards. Correct. So your first set may be seven or eight cards. Sure. Your second set, y'all made a rule that it doesn't include all of the cards. Nope. The it's minute you skip a column, it's it over. stops. That's when you start. Correct. Who made that decision? And I don't remember. It just who made hurt sense. them when they were young? It just no. made sense. <laughs> it's because there's no tension the other way, right? There's no, I mean... Then uh, all your t- no, I'll t- ex- yeah. it's what Matt's saying, and, and not to be cocky, but one of the things that we've realized over the years that helps us make great card games is there has to be a moment when you want a certain card. Mm-hmm. I need X, and right, what you just said is absolutely true because it it pr- provides a push and a pull. If you've got a first row of seven, and then your next row breaks down in the second column, but yet continues for three or four more cards, right. If I only could get a two, that second row will be seven mm-hmm. cards long. Give me all these points. Man, I sure want a two. Okay, well, now a two comes out, but it's not the two that you were right. you know, hoping I gotta for. i got to get that temperate rainforest. And I wanted that a different or, thing. And yeah. so now, now I want different things, and it just creates tension. So I, I think it just kind of organically happened. It does. It's part of our design. And the whole, just to, to piggyback up what Ben said, the, the entire purpose of rules like that, which, by the way, you can do in scoring. Because it's not a that rule when it's happening. There are a couple of that rules in, in Sebastian, as they're in, a, as in, they're all are all card games. Frankly, card Every games game. are built on that rules. Every game has a yeah. that rule. So, but in scoring, it's just scoring. So, the real key too is that not only, but not only do you want to need certain cards. In my opinion, the best games, you also want to avoid certain cards. If you're scoring everything, everything helps. Everything's positive. So now, with the whole idea of you trying to stack your stuff to the right. There's a balance there right. where there might be a pile that has your two in it, your or your temperate forest numbers. Yeah, it doesn't have numbers; it's their suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has yeah. Your temperate forest in it, but it also has the taiga, which is going to then make your three slot four high, which is going to then kick out your four, your three high, or your four high six slot or whatever because the left tiebreaker. So it's creating those moments where cards are good and bad, right? So and that was just that's it, you know how we got there. Yeah. It cost me a game, uh, not knowing that rule on the front end. Yeah, so that felt good. Wow, that's that's on me. I explained the game. I, pro- I probably you know missed that rule or something. Just make it sure you read. Just make sure you read the rules. They're well written. They're clear. I did read them. It said, "Do not do this move." So I didn't do right. it. But right, but Matt did. And he Matt did. Yeah. I did on purpose because we hadn't played him so long. Win. I did not win. I li- I ran myself into the ground and got myself in a situation where I had to draw a card because I wanted to. Was, we played that game hundreds of times, but I hadn't played it. In years, so I'm, I'm going to do it, and it, you lose, <laughs> probably. So you guys probably can't say with what publisher, what game. Although Matt's tweeted, and it's actually no real secret. But you guys are taking a secret trip tomorrow to go uh, work on a a big game. So the three of us are getting the band back together, and yeah. we actually kind of got approached by a publisher and uh, hired, as it were, uh, to to do a game. So the three of us are going to be. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of design work together in the coming months and years. So what can what can you actually say about what y'all are going to do tomorrow? 
Well, we're traveling to a an undisclosed location in Ohio uh, to meet with a publisher, mm-hmm. and um, we've been doing a back and forth on this particular design through uh, the mail, and we're tired of the delay that the mail uh, brings with it. Like the mail, you put the game in your Gmail and you send it No, 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 no. Like we put the game in a box, Uh take it to the post office, and send a copy of it to the publisher. Wow. They take it out of the box and play it and then get back to us with an email that says, these are the 14 or 17 things we thought, um, some of which are really clear and some of which are not, and you try and make sense of what they want and what you think it is, redesign, and then because of the pandemic and because of printer ink costing what it does, put it back in a box and send it to them with the normal mail again. (laughs) And you have to wait for it to deliver to them, wait for them to play it. And so instead what we're going to do is we're going to go and meet at a lucky Panera uh, that's going to just straight up give us the back two tables uh, (laughs) so that we can hammer this out uh, the rest of the way because we've gotten pretty close and I think we're right there. And so first off, are we designing a game in the fifties? Um, we're designing a game in a <laughs> pandemic that took us back to the 50s. <laughs> okay. And second off, there is no shame in taking over a Panera for like eight hours. So back when uh, we designed Wasteland Express Delivery Service mm-hmm. with our good friend, John Gilmore, that was our process. Yep. Was we live, you know, he lives in Ohio, um, different project actually, funny enough, but he lives in Ohio. We would meet at a pandemic half, or, uh, not a pandemic, in a Panera <laughs> right. halfway. We'd order breakfast, we'd eat food, we'd play for four hours, we'd order lunch, eat more food. We'd literally get the big table at Panera and just camp out for eight hours eating food, designing yep. games. So yeah, Matt and I are headed out tomorrow. Um, um, and we're going to go meet and see if we can't finish up this game to make it, see if we've made it everything they want. Yeah. Uh, so no, a, no spoilers to our dozens of listeners, but uh, right. it's and safe we appreciate to say you. there's a, a game, maybe in space, from a publisher that we might have worked with in the past, and uh, they want a Civ game, right? So we kind of took it, and we took a really great core mechanism, and we attacked what we thought was maybe the weak part of the game and expanded on it. Right. Um, to have more of a discovery, a civilization, a tile exploration. We wanted to go beyond just what was the currently happening. Yeah, yeah, we did. We wanted to <laughs> go beyond what was currently uh, happening in that area of that game. So I think I think um, it's really great. Like I really am jazzed for this game. It's definitely our take on a Civ game, uh, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. It's it's a unique challenge because. The publisher came to us in this case, right? It wasn't like our design. Yeah. It was a game that we were familiar with and had played several times. And the idea that, you know, but the, the balance, right? They didn't just want to retheme. I didn't, they could have retheme. They didn't right. need us to do a retheme. They wanted to actually, you know, evolve into a civilization game using kind of the core mechanics that existed in the, in you know, in this previous released, very popular, very fun game. Which so, had a great tech tree already it did it had a fantastic it was like you know beyond the normal tech tree mm-hmm. you know to the point where it was pretty pretty well it was really well done actually so it was the balance of the balance right that adam was kind of hinting at was we do what we think is best but the publisher you know because it wasn't like they had a set of laid out requirements ben and i've done this in the past where we designed a game or games to a specific set of requirements in this case it was more open-ended that's good and bad it gave us freedom to do what we wanted but it also means it you led to a lot of do loops. It, it led to a lot forth. of right, like you a know, well, this we, we we wanted this, 
well, did you know you wanted that? Well, no, but now that we played it, we know. Now we that want we saw this. what you did, we decided we wanted this. Right. So <laughs> the whole this was this was literally what you asked for. Yeah, but we don't like that. Right. But what we <laughs> wanted was this. Okay. You so wanted got, us you to know. go beyond the the kind of lackluster board play and take right. the tech tree to a new place, and right. we did go beyond that. Yeah. So we'll see. The point is, hopefully, I mean, we may not be done tomorrow, but we're hoping it's to the point where it's just tweaks and not yeah it should be a lot closer i really think we're i really think we're there um and it 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 plays really smoothly um and there's it's cool because there's so much of it that will feel familiar yeah and the parts that are new um it's a great system accessible i'll give you a totally it totally works give you a ton of credit adam because what you did um there was no easy task is is you streamline just a little the core mechanism, the tech tree part, to make it work with what we were doing with the exploration. But you had a hard task because you had to go through that entire suite of cards and design and whatever and make it work with what we were doing and with what changes we were doing, but make sure it didn't change any of the fun parts that people are going to be looking right. for out of the right. tech tree portion. Yep. That was no small task, and no. you did a great job. Hey, thanks. Did. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, so I'm really excited for that one. Guys... This was exciting. I got an in-person game night in with y'all mm-hmm. just last week. I, it I, maybe my first one in a year, like legitimately. Yeah. Um, besides our design nights, we had. Yeah, we had. You know, we had got our shots and done some designing. But I don't know the last time I just straight up played three or four games or two. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many we played. Played but two. We, we literally just had a game night and it was right. amazing. Mm-hmm. And I got a shout out to some of my favorite designers, the brands, Inca Marcus brand. I've never had played Rajas of the Ganjas or yeah. however you say it. And so good. They did it again. It's so they good. They did it again. They're amazing. Great game. They are about the best going. Yeah. I mean, they really are. They're unbelievable. I'm sure they probably, you know, have to spend a lot of time making exit games because money. Dude, there's so many of them. I know. There's a million of them because they all sell and they all make money. Uh, I get so it. They're I'll, just printing money with those they games. Are, I like money too. So, but I, you know, I'm like, man, they're just so good at Euros. I wish, they just, I wish that's all they would do. I was looking them up on Board Game Geek because I wanted to just kind of list out how great they were. You literally do the price is, white, price is Right wheel spin to get past all the exits. They've mm-hmm. done so many exits. Mm-hmm. It's like exit, exit, mm-hmm. village, exit, exit, Rogers of the Gondis. So, I mean, I got hosed in the Geek All-Stars draft maybe a 100%. year or two ago. You did. I had Vlada. I had the brands. Doesn't even matter who else I had. I don't know how you I did. You could have had me at that right? point. <laughs> I could have had Adam Hill. And TC Petty, <laughs> I would have won with those four. And I think I lost to Dan because he took uh, Gary, Gary Gygax or and something like didn't that. Didn't he take? He took the guy Sid Saxon. I like Sid Saxon. I a do lot, too, but like I know. But I mean, I like roll for roll for it or whatever it's called. Wait, uh, no, that's Chris stop. Leader. Can't, can't stop. stop. It's Sid Saxon. It's, it's fantastic. Awesome. But I mean, come on. But here, here's the guy with the brands. Let alone they did like 20 exit games. Rogers of the just they got Village. Listen, if I designed Village, I would never design another game again. Be I'd be done. like, and I'm out. And I'm you the best got it right. Because I got it. I did his best. I did the best thing anyone can ever do. And there's no way I'll ever do better than this. And I'm going home. Yeah. But Village they, is they, so good. And the way but it that uses was 10 time years as ago. a resource. Oh, it's amazing. And that game was 10 years ago. And they've designed so many games since then. 
they designed some throwaway games that are so good too. Like Castle for All Seasons is a great Euro game. That is true. When it you is. think of just it like is. a solid Euro game with a cool card mechanism of use your hand of cards and when do you refresh with the one card and type of thing. And I don't know if it's Michael Menzel art, but it sure looks like it. It's just one of them classic Euro games. They did one of the OG Roland Rights, St. Malo. Have you ever played? Do you have that one? No. Yeah, it's pretty good too. Like, the brands, you just can't beat them. They're so good. And then, what else did we play? We played some smartphone. Smartphone. Yeah. It's smartphone fantastic thing. game. Which so good. I think Matt tried to vote it for his Geek All-Stars Game of the Year, but they I threw did. it out because it was like 2018 or something. old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in America, it was a 2019. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, but this might have been like the 2020 Geek All-Stars. Yeah. Uh, I was like a year behind in America, and yeah, but- a couple years behind in... <laughs> Because listen, world. it's so good. I really super. Well, I mean, I got housed by Ben and Adam in that game that we played. And I, I undercut myself and yep, I sold $1 too cheap in the last round. That was a game. And that yep. lost me the game. I had it won and I lost to Ben again. Because I lose to Ben a lot. Um, I lose to Matt a lot too, but I felt really good going in in the last round. I beat myself. I, I point tracked myself. <laughs> Well, bef- we were all doing the rigmarole, which is it's got this tile thing you're supposed to do behind a screen where you're kind of setting up your mm-hmm. turn. And this little tile overlaying gimmick determines what resources you get for the round. And one of those things is there's symbols on these tiles that you're either covering or exposing. One of them determines the price track. And it's gonna you're going to go up or down the price track. And it's how much money you're going to get to sell your phones for this round. But the trick is the people selling the cheap phones get to go first and they gobble up all the demand. So then if you're selling expensive phones, yeah, you sell them for way more, but there might not be as many places to sell them. And I said at the beginning of that last round, I'm like, there is one decision that matters right now when mm-hmm. we all know what it is. And it's... And two of us knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Because yeah, Matt went up to like seven, eight bucks and sold like because, two phones that because. round. <laughs> I had played. Matt was also playing. I, I had played so poorly in the first round of a four or five round game. Yeah, that's true. That my only because listen, I I love the game. Like it was my Geek All Stars game of the year <laughs> last year with an asterisk. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I think legitimately it's it's difficult to to make hay at the high values because yeah. the by rounds four and five everybody has all the technologies. Yes. So you can't be like I'm going to be Wi-Fi guy. And then sell the Wi-Fi phones because everyone's got Wi-Fi at that point. Yep. So, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, mathiness where you can kind of go, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. But, you know, it, the game is, it, it's, I love it. It's, it's like a looser power grid. Because power yeah. grids, you know, it's a good is, way to say it. tighter. So. I love how, I, to me, it replaced power grid. Oh, I, I see. I Because like, I can play Smartphone Inc. in an hour. With Teach. Right. Yeah. So game length wise. Fantastic. Listen, I love smartphone. The only reason it didn't replace Power Grid for me because is because it's looser. So, you know, I, I, I <laughs> Ben's point, right? They're way ahead of me. So, you know, I can do math and I can say, well, it, technically, if I sell all, you know, nine phones at $7 and they only sell six phones at $4, like, you know, there was, I, had, I had a path. And so I took that path, but that path will never work. In and then opinion. I sold 14 phones at $3. Exactly. That's my point is there's nothing. There's the benefit to going, to going high. And then Ben is, sold like nine phones at $5. Yeah. Right. And you and sold two sold, phones. I had more than two, but it wasn't many. You would have won, Adam, if you sold 14 phones at $4. Well, yeah. At $3 even. 
I, I mean, I, I was or, no four dollars. That's yeah, the yeah. one. I, I was one dollar too low because there was one decision to make, Ben. And so how was, low are you going to sell? It was mm-hmm. how low is Adam going? That was and the decision of the round. Yeah, I, I blew it, mm-hmm. and I lost. Yeah, I've said it. That's enough. Let's move on. Well, Next topic. Just I'm the gonna... last thing to Matt's point. It is a little tough because the math kind of balances when you sell a bunch of phones for a little price versus not as many phones at a high price. The kicker is it also has this round based area control payout and you're going to win more area controls if you sell more phones. Cause yep. that's all it is, is who yeah. sold the most phones in this zone, who sold the most phones in this zone. So yep. it's like totally weighted towards selling more phones in that way makes it really hard to be the high price guy and, and hang in there when you're not getting those majority bonuses. You can right. do the high, you can be the high price person uh, early. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. First totally. three rounds, because sure. then you control certain zones by yourself. Not everybody has expanded Not everyone's every the whole zone. world. Not everyone yeah. has all the yeah, text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can really make your hay with you money can. right then. You can. But it's hard in that last round, especially if you get left out as the only person. Yes. And it should be high. hard. It should be. I mean, I think in a three player game like that, even if I didn't go premium, because we were playing on the three-player board. I want right. to clarify to people, this yes. is not on the big board. Right. This was on the smaller three-player board. Even if everybody went undercut, then someone's going to have someone's gonna end up losing that tie for $4 phones and be like, and eh, I lose. That's <laughs> yeah. right. And I lose even worse right. than yeah, if I had made these less $6 you can, phones. You can honestly calculate fundamentally the entire game at the beginning of that round. You go, okay, he's at three, he's at four, he's at five, d d d d d and okay, there we are. Like, you know, yeah. but, it, but the game's fantastic. It's a it's great a, game. It's a good game. Yeah, we should have more game nights, guys. Mm-hmm. We should. Right Real on. quick, since we already talked a lot of games, Adam and I played Merv, and yeah. it was awesome. Merv's so, fantastic. Like, we did a, you know, Adam and I played a few more games over Who's the Who's that one by? Fabio Lopiano. That what he said. I did not know that, but yeah, it's it's a really, really good game. He did uh, Kalimala, and he did Ragusa. Right. Uh, I, like, I like Ragusa more than y'all. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Ragusa has a last player it totally problem. Does. It does. Um, it's a great I game love if you're the not mechanic. Yeah, I love the mechanic. I love the way it all is made. I have yet to see the person in last, the person going last win because they're behind. And yeah. I've played that game more than twelve times. Uh, nice. So, because I, I track my plays, mm-hmm. and that's why it's not my favorite. My favorite of his is actually Merv. It's fantastic. It was great. I like, I mean, so I've said before publicly, right? Ragusa was a diminishing returns game for me. I liked it a lot at first because mechanically very clever. I liked it. Each play, I liked it less. The thing I like, sorry, not to butt in, but the thing I love about Ragusa, if you've never played it, is there's these things where you get in on a space and you activate the space and anybody that's already at that space gets the activation mm-hmm. gets also. also so now everyone else is piling in on that space. So if you're early on a space, you might sit there and get it activated a like bunch. three, four, five yep. times. It's a really cool mechanism. Not so much if you're the last player. And though. say if you're going fourth, <laughs> then you don't and you're activating that hex that has six spaces. You give everyone else three things. Mm-hmm. Now two of them have already had two other things. One of them is now getting it for the fourth time. And then you're not going to get to get that space again. And what do they do to make up for going last and giving everyone all that free stuff? I believe that you start with one more fish or something <laughs> like that. Like, it, like it's, it's, it's such a, I don't remember what it is, but it's something like that. It's like you get one more resource. And it's like, thanks. That didn't balance out. <laughs> so back to Merv. Either way, Merv was better. And then not just because I don't, listen, I like Ragusa, but again, I, I admittedly like it less than I did it, you know, a year ago or two years ago, but it was great. You know, we played it two player and it was quick and fun and I recommend it. What we does also, it do? What's the trick? 
Um, well, it's uh, to be honest, it does some it does some pretty unique things. There's um, the action selection mechanism is interesting. There's a track. Okay, so you got a city that's a square, uh, and it's made up of rows and columns of five tiles, each of which are building locations in that city. Okay, um, and then so the five rows, five columns. And you are going to move your marker on this track that goes outside the city and has five spaces. You pick one of the columns or rows, depending on which side of it you are. Say if you're on top of the city, you're going to pick a column. So if you take, say, the fourth column over, you can activate any one tile in that row or in that column. And when you activate that column, uh, that, that tile, you get to put down one of your buildings. And then it's going to also activate every building of that color in that column. So if it's your second or third time around the board, you may be activating four, four of your buildings. Wow. You know, if you've really invested it's, in that column, yeah. now someone else can take your column and then they have to, you have, you get some resources as well as them. Um, and, uh, so the action selection is really cool and there's, you know, five or six kind of, I don't want to call it out of many games is probably the easiest way to do it. Just it, it's to refer to them as stuff, yeah. things that you're going to be doing in order to earn more points. And, you know, it might be going to the caravansary to get cards because the cards are, have spices on them and there's some set collection stuff that's happening there. Yeah. Um, you've got contracts that you need to fulfill. So there's a market space that you go to get goods. Um, there are some, uh, there's a scrolls, there's a library kind of thing where you go to get scrolls and they open up special powers. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, there's a, the, the mosque, the great mosque that you're trying to climb up the mosque track. And we played that a little wrong, but do you have to um, collect X different nobles? You do not, you do not, <laughs> but you do have to send courtiers to the palace right. in order to score it points the at the end. Thing. Yeah. It sort of is the same thing, Ben, only instead of taking <laughs> the nobles and bringing them to you, you send your person to become a noble. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It is literally every Euro ever made. But it's got an interesting felt. And the felt is, it's basically, the way Adam described it, uh, an easy way to think of it is, it's like a spatial engine. So because you're walking around a grid, as you activate your grid, the more things you've done increase the power. So it's like engine building. It's a it's spatial engine engine building, basically. And then you do this little action thing. So it's super fun. You know what's funny is the grid thing reminded me of another game that we just played, Santa Maria, which was good. It was yeah. not as good as Merv, but it was pretty good. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. I... I it's funny, I was, I was saying to Adam and Ben how I can totally understand why Santa Maria is the first game I remember getting really, you know, sort of um, kind of opened up that discussion for colonialism. Colon- yeah, colonialism. Because it, it treats it very... It it kind of uh, laughs it off. Yeah, it treats it very lightly in a bad way. recognizing yeah. so the troublesome point is, material. There. Santa Maria was decent too. Uh, not as good as Merv, but a pretty good game. Right. Yeah, so those are games we played. But yeah, right I, on. Think, I think Merv is really solid, really solid. It's yeah. quickly moving up into my, like, I went ahead and added it to my I'm going to play this 10 times this year. Nice. List I do a 10 by 10, Yeah. and that's going to be one of the ones. Is Subastral on that list? I've already finished the 10. Wow. <clears throat> Dude. High five. It's a great game. Love you, man. Absolutely. Speaking of Adam Hill being awesome and an awesome designer, we've been working a lot on Motor City lately, guys. We have. Where are we at on that one? So we are actually at the point now. For those we'll, keeping track at home, that will be the next loaded roll and write from will. Motor City Games. Once Three Sisters ships to backers and the whole thing. Yeah. Next year, we're going to reload right back up with another loaded roll and write. It's going to yep. be Motor City. So it, it what's is. up with that, Matt? The plan, in theory, you know, and this will depend a lot on how Three Sisters does, you know, from, I would say, does production-wise. And when we retail release it, we're not going to have the retail release be a week after the Kickstarter. We want to spread everything out. So... But approximately March of next year, or spring of next year, however you want to look yeah. at it, uh, will be Motor City, which is our second 
loaded rolling right from MCG. Uh, but our third one overall, if you, we consider Fleet the spiritual, we kind of made the call to count Fleet. Yeah, we count Fleet I don't as think Eagle one. Griffin will care because more Fleet dice sales is more either. good for them. So this actually, this one was interesting because it was something that uh, I think Ben and I had talked about, and then Adam took the lead on. Yeah, and it was you know a specific one of Adam's favorite games that we had played a bunch of times. Which one was it? Uh, well, hold on. Oh, Newton. Newton. Newton, a game that I, I liked a lot less than Adam, but I appreciated it mechanically. And there was a certain thing in there that I really thought was cool. And Ben and I were talking at work, I think, and kind of said to Adam, you know, we should just, we should do this thing and then do the, you know, but then roll and write everything else like, you know, like, like we do. And uh, Adam just went off with it and it, it nailed it. And then that became Motor City. Quick hot take. Yeah. Newton is my favorite by the Italian cohort. Oh, interesting. I, I like the card mechanic a wow. ton. I wow. just didn't like the rest of it as much as I like the other stuff. So, uh, if we're gonna get a quick Danjin in, are we counting Grand Austria? Uh, yeah, well, we're that's counting the Grand Austria. So, I mean, Newton's top five <laughs> that you own <laughs> from them. You're so wrong about that. It's top seven. I can see from here. Yeah, I'm looking at the corner. <laughs> we're looking at a, a shelf that has twelve or thirteen. It's uh, worse than it's worse than Coimbra. Is Concordia them? No. I was going to say, just, ooh, that game is so good. That game's amazing. It's it, so good. That might be a top five all-time Euro for me. Number so, three for you? It's so good. I like Teotihuacan more than Ben. Is that them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. I like, I, I I like, like Teotihuacan better. I, I've never lost it, and I don't like it at all. Oh, I do like Teotihuacan it. Teotihuacan is good. I don't think it's great. That's, the, that's fair, but I like it better than Newton. Man, what a tangent. Do you guys like Marco Polo 2 or 1 better? Give me 1. I'll take one. I'll take two. I feel like it fixes a lot of the crap it from one. It does, but it makes it it's more boring. Yeah, like it's, it's more boring. It's less like, dynamic, but I still think I like two. Better. It's a better. It's it's a legitimately fixed. It's like there's things in Marco Polo one that don't work. Yeah, like just go get camels with six the first time and be yeah. first the whole game. Well, that sucks. How did it? Did it win? No. How did it not win? Chris's games with camels. Well, Pole. Eastbound is going to win. That. I mean, well, yeah, but. Different games, different weight classes, but by the way, Merv, camels, Merv. So they are not critical. Merv's not part of that group, no. so I can't compare it. But I'm just but I, anyway. I, I, I need to play alma mater. I'm, again. I'm telling you, no, you don't. Uh, it's one, fine. Enough on that one. It's good. It's I think good, I like it more than not. Newton. Ooh, they're like they're both maybe. Y'all top are hurting eight. my feelings at this point. Okay. So you know what the problem with Newton was, Adam? It had by far my favorite. So real quick, you know the old Matt and Ben dictionary. The Feld is the thing that you do to activate everything else. Yeah, it was right? good. The rest it's the was main just, mechanic. Uh, so that had by far the best main mechanic. It did, and the worst everything else. It the did. card play was fantastic, and then nothing else was like in, the travel tracks were real boring and basic. Yeah, you're real boring and basic. Thanks. Don't y'all need <laughs> to quit? It was literally you're just talking. It's got you're talking two. Crap. They're like, it. hey, you know like, better than one travel track, two, two travel, travel tracks, tracks. Like, and they're both boring. There are three <laughs> travel tracks in that game, so y'all need to settle down. And they're all boring. Yeah. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. Newton is, my, Newton is my favorite game by that group of designers. Okay, well, so we the point can tell is, because you took the best parts and roll and write it, right. change the theme, change everything. <laughs> I honestly don't really see Newton. No, I, I don't think if anyone will ever play it and say, think... oh, yeah, I see some Newton here. The only thing, you, I mean, because there's really nothing left that's Newton-y, except for maybe that you upgrade your actions. That right? part is pretty cool. So that was, and that, frankly, that was probably the part that we kind of said, hey, let's do this right. upgrade how thing. How do we do the card play thing? How, how do we do the upgrade card play in roll and write fashion? And we had some basic ideas, and we 
threw some stuff on paper, and then Adam went and made all the zones basically, and then off yeah, we went. Yeah, and I don't really think Newton when I think that it just it seems so organic and connected to the theme, mm-hmm. which is funny. You can tell Adam was the lead designer because it's connected to the theme. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, upgrading the actions. Okay, if I put a die here instead of going one space on the test track, I'll go two or three, et cetera, et cetera. My engineering gets better, sales gets yeah. better. It just it totally makes sense and it works phenomenal. Right. No, that was just Newton was simply the discussion that started the right. design. It is in no way if you, Newton the rolling we've, right. We've joked that if you took Motor City, the rolling right, and turned it into a Euro, it would look nothing like Newton. Newton. No, it wouldn't. It would look nothing like anything. Yeah. Right. Like we, it's probably, Fleet Dice is meant to be a rolling right. And Three Sisters being kind of the spiritual successor, there's those games aren't Euro games hidden in rolling rights. Of all the designs so far, Motor City is our most... Euro game of the roller rights because we could reverse engineer it back into a board game. Right. And it would be an awesome board game. But as it turns out, it's an awesome rolling. It, it's, you know, it also has the biggest um, afterthought board in the center, which is going to be a little bit of a challenge it, it, for yeah, our graphic so design and artists. We had the, the dice, dice placement board. Placement, is, right. So bigger fleet, and badder than. We keep just going, you know, seven minute abs on ourselves, right? <laughs> fleet Dice was just dice on a table. Three Sisters was the dice rondelle. This is like a dice matrix, basically. And it is. It, it's, <laughs> it's the boardroom. It's the boardroom. So, uh, yeah, it's the point. Is, so I, we've been laying it out. So we we took yeah. Adam's proto, which, you know, it's 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 good for a proto, frankly. He does pretty, you know, pretty protos, quote unquote. And we kind of sliced it up in PowerPoint yep. and pasted things in different places to see where it might all fit. Because we know what our form factor is. Correct. Same box size, same yep. score pad sizes. We yep. got to fit all this on two sheets. That's a big task. Mm-hmm. So I heard that John Gilmore wanted us to go three sheets at minimum. That is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say we went back to uh, Marlise Berenz, who did the sheets for Three Sisters. And Chris Kirkman's working with us again for graphic design. So because they're good at their jobs, legitimately. Like Marlise is, yeah, real Marlise good. is just awesome. So she's already put together some rough outs art-wise that Chris can then use to sort of lay the graphic design and out. And then they have this system merge it. like... The system is probably just what pros do, frankly. Exactly, I'm you know, sure. It's, yes. it's fascinating to us because we never actually see under the hood, but nope. he'll lay it out in like what he calls a skeleton. Yeah. You know, and basically give her the room and say, we need this cool boardroom here. We right. need a cool test track here. You know, we need this, this, and this. And he he kind of skeletons it all out. And then when he gets it back from her, he overlays all the text and makes it pretty. Exactly and what The ben two said. of them just do a phenomenal job. They do. So Marlies has already laid out the kind of the the sketch art we'll call it and it's it's fantastic the mm-hmm. way the two sheets which we flipped horizontal hey oh hey oh horizontal horizontal take this that time. hadrian's wall and, uh, <laughs> love you guys <laughs> so they it, it flows like a factory like we've got the doors that come into the factory and there's some scaling stuff we have to work through because i mean we're representing an engineering area that's the same size as a production facility which isn't you know real and, world yeah. accurate but it's a, it's a game yeah you gotta give us a little benefit of the doubt here yeah. and it's it's great already, and then you know Chris has got some work to do. But the point is, we we're at the we're at the phase we were a year ago on Three Sisters of this time, in the sense that we have to prepare now to get you know Marlies and, and Chris their time to put the sheets together, so that we can then you know get we've already the game's already well tested, but we'll still get prototypes out there to reviewers and and previewers and things yep. like that, and and then we'll we'll get moving again. We'll have priority you know, given to uh, podcast listeners. That's yeah, of there. course. For those of you asking That's for, right. and to Ben's part, really quick, the it's funny because the the board in Three Sisters is a great little board, and that was kind of a literally an idea we kind of threw out there. Like, what well, it was? Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting, yeah, but 
Back to Three Sisters, we made the dice bigger. That was huge news. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did make the dice bigger. So we got, that was part of the white copy. That's totally true. So we got the dice, and they were awesome. And I texted Ben, I'm like, 14 millimeters, way smaller than I thought. (laughs) They're going to work, but they're so much less cool. They're just like, not as big. They're not 16 millimeter. (laughs) It's two millimeters, and I know what two millimeters, I'm an engineer, I know what two millimeters is, okay? I know it's a lot more than it sounds. It's the difference between okay and kind of awesome it is but <laughs> it isn't just two millimeters because you're like oh and, and we've learned our lesson on other games where if you give people something immediately to not like they're gonna not like it and that's the beginning before they even play it yeah so i text these guys i'm like you know we we did we made decisions based on data right we, we literally right. chris again helped us and we we laid out the board and we went for fit and we we, we literally wanted to make sure the ui was as good as it can be and 14 millimeter was the right answer until I saw them. Yeah. And what did you vote for, Adam? 16 millimeter. Do you know why they were the right? You know why the 14 millimeter didn't work? Because they're worse. They're worse. They're worse. 16 millimeter are better. <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference between me and that guy? I'm, I'm as good as he is. You're worse. <laughs> worse. And 14 millimeter dice were worse. They were. So we talked to Kirkman really quick. We did a mock up, and I said, we got to go 16. We all voted for 16 immediately because it was totally better. Went back to the factory and said, hey, we screwed up. Yep. We thought 14 millimeters were right answer. We were wrong. We had to eat the humongous cost of getting a new mold made. Yeah, yeah. To their credit, the molds are a lot cheaper than they are here. So Goodness. the What was it, like 150 bucks? It was literally like 150 bucks. I couldn't bucks. believe it. I was I like, know. is it going to be like 1000 I mean, we should still do it. These are yes. awesome. We're like, it's going to be like 150 bucks. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? 150 bucks. <laughs> he, he, they didn't even <laughs> blink. Like, oh, no problem. Because their molding is... They told you 150 You're like, 250 Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we won't Dang go it. sit below 250 Okay. The point is, yeah. So 60 millimeter dice were one of those learning moments for us where we did everything again, right? We're, we're engineers and I mean, Adam's a the good doctor pastor, but we're Ben and I are engineers and we're doing things on, on, on math and the math made sense. But when you get the real thing, you're like, yeah, especially okay. with that custom pip, it's like, we made such a big deal that we did the custom pumpkin on mm-hmm. the one. And then if it we was, went through all that and it was the, very small and then the dice were going to be a bummer. Oh, yeah. That would have been just right. the worst turn of They're a great color. Like the coloring is perfect. Beautiful. They sparkle. They're yep. awesome. It's a beautiful look. They were just rinky dinky, and we fixed that. We could not have been more wrong about dice from day one. Ben and I were like, these <laughs> dice are stupid. The orange dice are fine. They're just D6s. What's the point? And everyone's like, in we're our like, memoir, no, we're not wrong. Get out of here. In our memoir, that'll be the three sisters. Yep. We learned a lot about dice. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Which we're going to take into Motor City. So we as are. you were saying, yep. we Motor City ch- is built on minimum 16 millimeter dice. Yes. Not only that, there's three different colors this time. We yes. have a challenge to fit all that on that boardroom. Yeah. Board. No, no. That's a good point. The, the boardroom, which is like <laughs> the equivalent of the three sisters game board, is the hardest part to lay out this, in this case because there's a lot of data on that thing. And it's the same size as one score pad. Let's make a boldy board, I guess. We'll see. But we'll um, see. The, yeah, the the and, but there's there's just a quick you know preview for those of you that have never seen the game, which is everybody. It there's a, a dice sorting mechanic that you know it's another one. Of my, I think we've told the story very briefly, but I'll tell again very briefly anyway. Is I had this game I was working on, and there wasn't much going, but I had this idea where you basically rolling dice and sorting by colors basically, and there wasn't it wasn't even super interesting. It was just a way to you know, create some action selection tension. And I had that in the hopper, so to speak, for a half-designed game. And I, and I don't do as much designing as Ben and Adam do. I never have. I'm more 
after the design, and then that's where I get involved. I mean, I design, but I don't, I don't initial design. I'm, no, it was a cool idea that you've been carrying around in your back pocket for yeah. a while. So it's just a random idea that, and, and we, I kind of just handed it to Adam and said, this might be cool. <laughs> and he goes, okay. And he took it and made it work with, you know, the Motor City thing that I've been working on. But the point is, it's a giant, you know, six by three grid matrix, basically, that, with all different bonuses and, and data that you have to all get onto <laughs> one little sheet. So good luck, Marlies and Chris. They got this. They I'm got sure this. they do. They got this. They got this. So that's going to be fun because when we go to Origins in four months, mm-hmm. we're definitely going to be dragging Motor City around. Yeah, we will have us. full-on pretty protos by then. We'll have pretty protos by yeah. then. And then we kind of have, you know, it's been a bummer not having any cons for like a year and a half, two years. It's just the Tell worst. Tell me, I released a game. Oh, how'd that go for you? It, you know, the tail on that game was pretty <laughs> short. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's no cons and people couldn't get together with their friends to play a big year. Longer than a sloth's tail or shorter than a sloth's tail? I gotta be honest, I don't know how long a sloth's tail is, and so that'd be a tough one. Matt, which way are you going? I'm going the opposite. Yeah. Uh, three inches. Yeah. All right, I'm going more. So Do they have tails? I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know. The thing with Origins that's gonna be cool though is not only will we have Motor City to drag around and play, but we're actually thinking a year ahead of that potentially. We've got probably three candidates that might be yeah. next next. Mm-hmm. Um, and we honestly don't know which way we might go. And they're all pretty rough-ish and pretty new, but we got to get some plays on them. You know, yeah. They haven't been out in the wild at all, so I, we'll probably drag definitely two, maybe three around yeah. at Origins. I would, I would say think. for sure French definitely Quarter. French Quarter and, and Durango. Durango are, yeah, are Dominican Roll Public will definitely be ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a not racist name. Yeah. Instead, um, <laughs> it'll be called Durango. Yes. So I, I think legitimately, we've talked about this a little bit, but we have to decide, right, what's next after Motor City and what fits the brand, the Loaded Roller Right brand. Yeah. And if we have two good games, then why don't we sell one to somebody else? Like, otherwise, we're talking like 2025. Well, we've got lots of time to design more games. So we've got two games that are wrapping up at the same time. We just have to make a call on what. Hey, if somebody else the line wants best. to take the if gamble. If you're a publisher who wants an awesome roll and write from people who know how to make them. Hey, we might even include it in the loaded series for all you know. You know, we could Yeah, do that, you know, yeah. Just... I mean, I, I would say if you were to swag it, I mean, it's, it's you know, we could just hold on to both of them and make them 23 and 24. We've been talking but... for a while. Rolling, rolling rails will be a, a big risk. Oh, my gosh. We do have rolling rails, too, which I love. It's going to be a risk. It's going to be a risk, man. It's great. It's great. I uh, that might man, be the one we have to sell. We have we have some really great games. If you're a yeah. publisher listening to this, you should sign Rolling Rails right. and take the risk yourself. Because we're not sure if it's the right <laughs> move or not. If one of our 13 listeners is a publisher, uh, it's not that it's a risk. It's that I think it's a loaded Roll and Write Motor City Games Kickstarter risk. I think it's yeah. probably our most saleable. You know, from a it's a the, really good train game. It's a, and a train really game, inexpensive, and a, yep, and a smaller package factor. that is really the easiest to teach of our loaded roll and rights because you're not explaining six different zones. Well, yeah, you're like, have you played Steam? Yeah, <laughs> here you go. Let's go. Right, that's right. What's and you'll different? Do fine. You're gonna roll dice and you have to draw your pieces in. Mm-hmm. That's an exaggeration, kinda. Not much, not much of one, but it totally works and it's, it's got really Detroit. fun. Got Detroit. Yeah, and I put it in the Midwest just because it's fun to do that. Yep. All the Rust Belt cities. So we've been making a lot of games together. Yeah. Hill. We, it's almost like Fleeples Plus now. Yeah. We've got to come up with a new moniker. 
We're like the Italians, but the Northern Detroiters. We're or something. The yeah. Metro Detroit. <laughs> the Metro Detroiters. Game designers of Metro Detroit. That's oh yeah. We need yeah. Got to get T-shirts that? for that group or something. Yeah. I'm gonna wear all Motor City gear to Origins. I already figured it out. All four days. <laughs> Seeing if I can get four days worth of shirts. Because, to... like you said, there's the three or four different logo designs. Yeah. I'm just yeah. all Motor City all the time. All like Kirkman says, always be branding. Right. It's and what I do, what I, what I, what I do because I'm sneaky like this is because I've kind of designed the whole order form thing uh, behind the scenes. I can order colors that are not on the Ooh. website. Nice. Yeah. nice. So like I can be wearing like the brand only they're really unique. Yeah. Like really bright yellow or hot pink or something. I'll have to right. get a couple more. I mean, I have to wear a, a tiger shirt once and people won't know who I am, but yeah, besides the tiger shirt off the wear, I will just get a couple more. It's a great idea. All yeah. right. So, so we're running low on time. Adam, I got to tell you. I'm excited. I had to take a road trip on Memorial Weekend. There was a graduation in the family, so we had to head out to Hershey, Pennsylvania for a graduation. Beautiful area. Got a free weekend of Sirius XM because I do that on holiday weekends. Right. So I listened to the Beatles channel on the way out there. And they, for Memorial Day, do their listener-voted top 100 every year. Are you familiar with this? I am not. It's a thing they do every Memorial Day. Well, that's fantastic. This is going to shock you that I, I caught in on the top 30. Now, granted, there was 70 songs I didn't listen to, but I heard the yes. top 30. Yes. Sexy Susan was nowhere to be found in the top 30. It's Beatles. Sexy Sadie. I was so shocked that Sexy Susan wasn't in the top 30. <laughs> Beatles songs of all time as voted by the listeners. And it was really cool. It was hosted by Peter Asher, their like, producer buddy. Did you want me to list and... for you their most popular songs? The, just the best. Or did you want me to tell you the song that I thought was best? The best. I love that song. I think that it's one of their best. You remember when I said my vote and you were like, oh, no, that's that's so trite, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sure it was number one. It was number two. Here comes the sun because it's the best. Apparently it wasn't, though. I, uh, In My Life was number one. Oh, really? Yeah. I Not really. Actually, I'm not a huge Beatles guy, so I listened to it. I was like, really? This is number one? What do you think about that? I think that's a really odd choice. I think yeah. In My Life is... And this is weird, and I don't want to. I'm going to mix things up, and people are going to be like, "That's not what you're saying." Oh, hear me out. In my life is the Wonder Years of Beatles songs. Is that a good or bad thing? You decide. I would say that's not great because I don't love the Wonder Years. I didn't love it, but it's that. Now, the reason that's going to get people riled up is because the Wonder Years, I think, used a Beatles song as its theme song, and people are going to be like, that's no, not the song that was on it. No, no, like it that. used Joe, Joe Cocker. Cocker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right, which is fantastic. But yeah. that it, it's that kind of feel to kind it. Kind of a nostalgic love yeah. to it. Like, like okay. it, I don't know. It's just, it, yeah. Yeah, it's not better than Here Comes the Sun, though. <laughs> there, it's probably better than Sexy Susan, though. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because actually... Uh, I actually am throwing you a complete softball this week, which is funny because when I walked in here, you're like, can it just be easy this week? Let's talk about pizza or something. Yeah. So when I was making show notes, I'm like, let's throw Adam a softball. He actually did. You did pretty good on comedy movies last last time. I was pretty proud of you. This Thank one you. is so easy. I want to know your top three pizza toppings. Okay. Pepperoni is number one because it's 
It's the best. It's the five tool player. Yeah. Uh, you can, if you're hosting a pizza party for your office or for your kid's school or whatever, and you order a bunch of pizzas, uh, you can order like, you know, if you go four cheese, four pepperoni, and then like four Supremes, you're going to be taking home three of those Supremes. Yes, you are. And yep. you're going to be taking home two of those cheeses. Yes, you are. But you're not taking home a single pepperoni. That pepperoni is telling you the truth, uh, and it is the best. Now, there is good pepperoni, and there is okay pepperoni. All right? I get that. There's what's, the quality. Best, what's the best the pepperoni? The best pepperoni is when it gets into a bowl shape, yep. and you can like see yes! the grease sitting yep. in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I've actually read half a dozen internet articles on how to get the pepperoni to do that. There are people spending a lot of science <laughs> and a lot of time figuring out how to get the pepperoni to do well, that. Well, pepperoni is number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I'm gonna okay. The second best topping. Don't dan yourself. You know I will. Um, Come on, buddy. Matt's already got his top three. Well, I know, but th- I'm I, a simple man, Adam. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> if I had if I had a million dollars to bet on Matt, it's just three mates. So here's my right. here's my oh, wager on. on Matt. You're like, getting like three fifty to two. Whatever those stupid math. On, I don't even know how on, that works. On, of course. It's All three right, for mates. Matt, I'm going. I'm going pepperoni, bacon, sausage for Matt. Pepperoni, sausage, bacon. Dang it. <laughs> Okay. Like I only had to think about it. Like that like yeah. before he finished his sentence, pepperoni sausage bacon was already was already lined up. Come on. But you take your time, Adam. Okay. Yeah. I'm taking my time because I have some interesting thoughts on this. And I like jalapenos on pizza. Oh, Adam. So I've come full circle on jalapenos. I enjoy them, despite them being something that grows in green. I don't want them on pizza at all. Because then it's just jalapeno bread. If I'll eat jalapeno bread, but that's not pizza, then. I'm going to try it. Because I actually really like the mild yellow peppers on pizza. Like, love, love, love it. Like banana pepper? Yeah, banana peppers. They're mm-hmm. awesome. See, but, imagine if you made that a good pepper. That's nice. Like a jalapeno. Nice. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'm sure you're right, but I just... I, I would do, like, diced, like, a few jalapenos, but I don't need whole... No, 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 no. I'm talking about like slices. Like a jalapeno ring is like almost too much for me, though. Like a whole yeah, ring of jalapeno is so much. Like that, that, that literally is what you taste when you take a bite. Not if you put it with pepperoni. My point, though, is a pepperoni bite, you're getting the full complement of pepperoni, cheese, bread, and sauce. If I bite into a jalapeno ring, I'm tasting jalapeno. That's my official stance. That's, that's actually why I don't love when I do like jalapenos on nachos, I do like a couple. Because I want that's what I'm saying. I want one jalapeno bite couple. every five or six nacho yeah. bites. Are you kidding me? I want a jalapeno on every nacho. Do, do Maybe one. in every bite. They just eat a jalapeno. I, can't, I do. I mean, I can't do that because a couple hours later, yeah. I'm not having a good time. Let's Look, just say cast that. Cast iron stomach. Yeah. Anyway, um, love that. And then after that, I'm gonna go with sausage. Respect. So sausage is weird because it's like real high ceiling, real low floor. Yeah. I used to not like sausage on pizza when I was a kid. Like yeah. sausage was and like because back in the day, through high like school, it was just not great. Bad pizza sausage was like ground beef, basically. It is. Yes. it can be real, real bad. You yeah. never, almost never have bad bacon or legitimately right. bad. Even pepperoni. if they, did, even if it's like the bako bacon, where some, sometimes like crappy yeah. places will give you the really crappy bacon. Man, they can keep that. I'd rather have that than soggy bacon on my pizza. I don't mind semi-soft bacon in certain situations. But not sausage a pizza, has a low floor. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I get that. But I'm going sausage just because it's it, it's it's pretty great. Um, I have a question for y'all. Real quick, does this is it pizza related? 
Yeah. Because I'm going to say, I, I, I've never ordered a bacon-only pizza. That's why it's a clear third for me. Yeah. It like, can't good hold point. a whole pizza. Right. I, I will, I'll order sausage only. I'll order pepperoni, yeah, but day. I'll never have bacon by itself. So pepperoni for me. Do we all go pepperoni number one? Pepperoni yeah, number one. Yeah, because it's the best. Yeah. Number two, you're not going to like this onion. Love onion. Emma, Emma and Carly both are onion. They, that's onion the number two. Pizza. And my I three don't mind sausage. It. Sausage yeah. I don't mind is it. just... Did sausage take the three spot in all of ours? Two no. for me. Oh, yeah. Two for Matt. Because it's great. Three for us. Now, bacon, I got to give Kevin Crowther, our buddy, huge credit for this. We were at an unpub, and we were at a pizza joint, and we were pairing off and all sharing pizzas. And me and Kevin were paired up. And he goes, how about sausage and banana peppers? And I had never thought to pair those together. It's like one of my go-tos now. It's great. It's a great pizza. All right, let me hit you with my number four, and this is where I lose people. Oh, don't do something gross. Pineapple. Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I don't hate it. Pineapple's my number four. Like, so my problem with pineapple is I, I don't, ham is my least favorite meat by far in pizza. Okay, so, but I don't put it with ham. You want to know what I actually... My, pepperoni. The, the pizza I order. Well, okay, it's good with pepperoni, but That's let me Matt's tell you, the pizza I order... Brother does that, yep. pepperoni the, and pineapple. The pizza I order, if I get to pick my own and no one else is eating it and I'm just eating by myself, it's pineapple and jalapeno. Weird. weird. It's the sweet and spicy. Sweet and spicy, yeah. So my problem with the... I totally respect you for that, but weird. If the pineapple is like... I need it to be like dried or something. I hate it when it's... It's too soggy. When my pizza's all wet. Yeah. Like I, I like the flavor that. of pineapple, but I hate it when it's like juicy. It is. I, I, I don't like it. I'm with you. On my pizza, I mean. like It I makes the I, pizza soggy. Pizza is soggy. There's sauce. It makes it soggier. It makes it wet. There's it makes it melted wet. cheese. It there's it remember the okay, whole. But the the pepperoni had. Remember, it's a bowl and it's got all that <laughs> grease in but there. It's like there's nothing the about bowl. that that's not. No, but it's not dripping moist. all over. Exactly. So remember, moist can be good. Soggy is almost always bad. He's right. Well, <laughs> okay, I agree with that. But I <laughs> and don't pineapple think. makes it I, soggy. It crosses the line to soggy. This is why there's, this is why there's three of us in this company. Because <laughs> exactly. we'll never have a tie. <laughs> so, Matt, I completely yep. failed this month. I had one job. It was to go get a Long John donut with custard in it. Yep. Leave it in the fridge for five days and fry it. And I was so close to doing it. But then I realized the leftover donut I had was a cream filled, not a yeah. custard filled. The white cream stuff. So I'm like, we all know that'll air fry because like yeah. you, you, it lasted through the apocalypse. Yeah, so what's the point? So I just ate it. Yeah, um, fair. I, I promise to there are dozens of listeners, I will get this done uh, before next week. So before next time, I did not air fry a donut, but what I did do is something that I had never thought of. So my wife loves like it's her third favorite food probably is corn on the cob. It's great. She eat it every night if she could. The point where we had like a rebellion. I think two summers ago, we're like, we don't want any more corn on the cob. Like the rest of us, like my, the girls and I are like, I, I like it, but I'm like, I don't want it again. It's like five nights in a row. Like we got to just like, we're, we got to stop buying it for We need a break. All right. We need from the break. corn on the cob. So that's us and chicken legs, by the way. I can see that. Yeah. Because there's seven of us and you can get the huge pack of chicken legs, literally five bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're great if you yep. know how to barbecue them and Rebecca yep. and I. Or, she, if you she know how to, or if you know how to fry them. Oh, I'm dude. just saying fried chicken oh, is what's awesome. up. Anyway, they're so cheap and so great that yeah. me and the boys will do the same thing. Yeah. We got to take a break, yep. Rebecca. We are on a break from chicken <laughs> yep. legs for at least a month. So go back no, to corn. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So we, you know, there's only four of us <laughs> in my house. So we can buy the, you know, either the, you know, you buy four. It's like usually like six for a dollar or five for two bucks or whatever. So or you could grow your own on a three sisters garden. You could also grow Which your I own. tried one summer and spent all summer to grow like two meals worth hey, of corn. <laughs> how many ears of corn grow on a stalk? 
Dude, one. I, I listen. We've, we we did this before, it. and I was shocked. One makes no sense to me. It's like, impossible. If I picture corners like in six of them on there. <laughs> I'm, with you, I'm with you. So the, okay, the point is <laughs> back to the air fryer because that's what people are here for. So what that's we right. found out. So we have an Instapot air fryer like we talked about, and unlike Ben, I didn't throw mine on the floor so I could replace it with a good air fryer. I still have to deal <laughs> with the air fryer basket that's in this that's in the uh, Instapot. But we Instapotted the corn, and it was better than boiling because it wasn't again wasn't soggy or wet. So it totally worked. Like we we've instapotted corn a bunch. One of the times we air fried the corn, which came out of nowhere. Like I didn't think it was a thing, <laughs> and it was awesome. Now I prefer the instapotted slash boiled corn because I like the that the, that kind of crispiness. The air fryer corn was almost like the Mexican corn. Have you ever got it at restaurants where yeah. it's almost yeah, yeah, yeah. crunchy love a little it, bit? Love it. Where you've it, yeah yeah, it's yeah. burnt. Crispy. Almost, almost a little burnt and crispy. It. it was super good, and like it wasn't like you had to boil it first. You just went in, shucked it, piled it into the air fryer, and hit the button. Awesome. And like nine minutes later, really good corn on the cob. Um, so you could also make some great salsa with that. That, that oh, the cor- yeah, corn Carly does it actually. Yeah, if we have that. an extra piece. She'll make corn salsa. Hundred percent. Totally air frying corn. Yeah, and no. a donut before next episode. <laughs> <laughs> we did. So we did the air fryer corn. I mean, we've got. Oh, that sounds so good. You know, Emma loves. Did you? You didn't butter it or anything before you air fry. No, no, no. Right? Yeah, you do a little bit of Pam, I think. A little Pam, yes. Yeah, so yep. You don't start a building fire, but just enough. Correct. Yeah. No, we've yeah. done, we did a lot of nuggets this month just because we've, it's been busy times and yeah. those are quick and easy. So, and, and bought herself like a bottle, of like the, you can buy like Chick fil A sauce at Meyer now. I know, it's great. So she got a jar of that stuff. You sure can. Yeah. She loves it. So <laughs> we've been pounding through that and anything we can put it on, basically. So that was that's my all wife and I son. Really I think my, I think my wife and son would need a dead rat soaked in that sauce. <laughs> like they, so they're good. all in on Chick Fil A sauce. It's pretty darn good. Do you know who has the worst corn on the cob in the nation? It's a restaurant. Chili's. Yes. Chili. Yep. It's so bad. So I, it's like they cook it in their armpit. I'll. <laughs> I'll. Okay, hold on. I'll eat it. <laughs> so. If you, so I was bad. so not ready for that. <laughs> and, and kids, that's what makes a joke. It's when you take something and you, 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 you have, the timing has to be there. But when you say what is unexpected, that's where the humor lies in a good joke construction. And that was fantastic. So the funny part about Chili's is that we, as in Ben and I, have been there a lot. So in the before times, like before kids, for whatever reason, where we lived in rural Oxford, Michigan, not a lot of choices in restaurants. There was like the one greasy spoon, then you had to go to the mall, and the mall had two restaurants, a Mexican place that wasn't very good, and Chili's. So we were at Chili's, I'm not exaggerating, a lot. A lot. Like weekends in a row, we'd be at Chili's. I worked at Chili's. Nice. And chicken crispers. Did you cook the corn? No, no, I arm. didn't work in the kitchen. <laughs> I cooked. It, I kicked it right here in the armpit. Because no um, offense, Adam, but you are who I'm visualizing cooks the corn <laughs> in the armpit. Rolls of it. I do, <laughs> I do take a little bit of offense to that. You should I, be offended. A little, I get it. Just a little. Um, and, but yeah, okay. So here's what I my description of Chili's corn. You say it tastes like they cooked it in the armpit. To me, it tastes like. First off, they burnt it. <laughs> And then they microwaved that a day later, and they dipped it in water, and then it's let it, soggy. Well, and then let it sit. Yes, for like another day. Yes, and then they put it on your plate after like breathing heavily on it. <laughs> like it, like it's so weird. The tech, you're like, this is the least 
appealing and chewiest, weirdest, yeah. burntest, yep. like chewy, odd corn. When like you eat I, this corn, is chewy. It, like, Explodes with flavor, yep. not at chili. Not at chili. No, <laughs> I spent tastes... so many years ordering chicken fingers, and they just throw that half ear of corn at you, and it and I ate it. It tastes fat, like sad kids, it, yeah, like it like sad children, is what that tastes like. It's just awful. Yeah, when I it realized was. you could just ask for fries, it changed my life. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> get that corn anymore. Well, they give you fries anyway. Yeah, so you get fries and corn. That or was like the real part. Oh, onion petals. That's what it is. I'm yes, like, give me some yeah. of them onion petals instead. No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I ate a lot of that. I don't corn. have enough fried things on this plate. That's right. <laughs> I need more things to dip in the sauce. It's not like That's the right. starched vegetables. The starch was going to get you very yeah. far with that no. corn. I mean, like, but I've eaten a lot of that nasty corn because I. It's a bad. lot of it's chili bad. chicken fingers. All right, gentlemen, wrapping up the last thing on the table that was a big month. Me and Matt got the good ice. Adam oh, already had the right. good ice. If you yep. know what the good ice is, if you know, you know. Yep. Yeah. If you don't know, just Google the good ice. And if it's you've, not cheap. If you've ever been to a hospital. Yeah, they randomly have the good ice. They always have, they the, have good the good ice. ice. Hey, Adam, you know what I learned about the good ice? Is that the reason it's the good ice isn't it's because they don't freeze it in that shape. It's frozen shaved and compressed into that shape which is amazing so to that seems point over engineered it does but then you taste it and, and it's, it's so, so good it. and it, like so sonic yes. hospitals and like something there's one other place that has it besides sonic i can't remember what it is maybe chick-fil-a or something I don't remember. yeah we don't really have those around here so um but the the so lily my my 16 year old it was her 16th birthday and of course you, you know i'd get her a car but instead she had made <laughs> you got so, her good eyes <laughs> i got her good eyes because here's the thing I have the worst piece of engineering ever done, which is the Samsung refrigerator in my kitchen. We all have a we Samsung all have refrigerator. We all have ice machines. Ben was at my house hundreds of times with no active ice maker and then bought a Samsung refrigerator and now has no axe maker at his house because you just don't think to you say, hey, Matt, even though I've been at your house hundreds of times, what, what kind of fridge do you got? <laughs> it just doesn't come up. So now that we all have Samsung refrigerators, so I the same fridge as him by yep. accident. <laughs> 100%. Mine's a different model. Ice maker doesn't work on that yep. one either. So after after like doing like the bag of ice, I, my dad, my my dad is amazing and we took the whole thing apart and we fixed it and it worked for like 2 months. Like literally 2 months. Like so the internet said, "Try this and we did it and it worked for 2 months and then it all broke again." So we've been buying bags of ice cuz you know, Lily likes ice and Carly likes ice whatever. So I began to do research on ice machines, and their defense point, the good ice is not cheap. And, you know, we've got jobs, and we support our families, and this is a birthday gift, so I wanted to do the right thing and buy the good ice. It's, it's for the kids. for the kids, but it is kids. so good. It's so worth it. It's just better. If you're a game designer and you design, say, a card game, take that massive royalty check yeah. you're going to get one time yes. and buy the good ice. You could design... <laughs> Say multi thousand print run selling peat mots and buy the maybe good a good ice machine and a half with the royalties. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Gentlemen, well, welcome to the Good Ice Club. Yep. That's right. It's so worth it. It's so great. It is. You know, we should probably start doing this. Listeners, all dozen of you, uh, they're going to want to know Adam, where can our listeners find you out there online? Uh, if they go to Twitter, I am Adam Hill Games. And I'm uh, MD. Ridlin, M-D-R-I-D-D-L-E-N. Yeah, and you should go to our website, MotorCityGameWorks.com. Yep. Um, you're probably there if you're listening to us. If you've downloaded the podcast, head on over to the store tab. Adam, nice job on the website. Click on the store, get yourself some T-shirts, some mugs, all that great stuff. More importantly, if you actually ever have a question 
uh, from us or you want us to bring up something on the podcast, anything like yep. that, you could email any of us. It would be Ben, Adam, Matt, any of those at MotorCityGameWorks.com or way easier. Just go to the website. There's a little contact us yep. button right on the website. Contact us. Put a comment in. It'll go right to an email that we all have access to. Say hi. Drop us a note. You know, whatever. But um, we're so thankful that y'all are listening, that y'all play our games. You know, you Thank make you. this happen for us. Yep. And like we said, Three Sisters is out there. It's on time. It's getting printed. It'll ship when it ships. And we are just so thankful. And until we talk to you again, have a good month. And avoid Chili's Corn. So See ya. And let's ride together